Legacy Maker, the All Sports Network, presents a Sertoba Media production where the struggle is real to be awesome. Five, four, three, two. The wait is over. Are you giving it to Dale Earnhardt Jr. because he piggybacked off of his dad's name? Because the only difference is because there was a junior at the end and not a yes, senior. Yes, yes, and, okay. because, and because and because the, 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 the fact is, point with Oh, my God. <laughs> I had Miami Heat winning last night. I was, I was upset, <laughs> too, when they lost. This with you because of the fact of what you Get your popcorn ready. It's time for the In or Out Sports Debate with your hosts. Roller, Kinso for the urban sports center. and Drew Willingham. Hello everyone, we are live with another episode of the Inner Out Sports Debate. I'm your host, Drew Willingham, along with this week's special returning guest from the urban sports scene and the host of All Burgundy and Gold Earth thing. It is Mr. Walea Kenso. Welcome back to the show, brother. I'm glad to be on, man. Thank you for having me, man. <laughs> Anytime. We got some great topics to go over that we both love, you know, with Washington sports. Um, some good news, some bad news, some departures, um, uh-huh. some arrivals, a bunch of everything has happened. You've only been gone like three weeks, but so much has happened in that time frame. And speaking of, you know, we've had some acknowledgement that we got to give, and that is to the vault of fame acknowledge me and here on the inner out sports debate we give acknowledgement to the previous participants here in the vault of fame and we start off with one through 11 rob johnson episode 12 tyrone montgomery jr 13, Corey Mann of the Undisputed Champions. 14, the Golden Boy, Greg Anthony of the Squared Circle Independently. Episode 15, Tyrone Montgomery Jr. returned. Episode 16, Brian Snow of Snowman in the Morning. Episode 17 was Mr. Rollback, Darrell Owens. Episode 18, Brian H. Waters of the Wrestling Realm. Episode 19, Legacy Maker Sports Network's own James Brown was here to fill the shoes in on a last-minute sub-in. Episode 20, the man who's here today, Mr. Walea Kenso, was here for episode 20. Episode 21, we had Xander Anthony, son of the Golden Boy Grand Anthony, who was here, who was here for the second ever NBA edition. Definitely, definitely great historian at 12 years old, just turned 13 recently. Happy belated birthday to you, Xander. Thank you. Episode 22, Wally of the Undisputed Champions, one half with Corey Mann, who was here previously. Episode 23, we have Paul Schofield, Pisco. He was supposed to be here for episode 19. Got to rub it in because he came back for episode 23. Episode 24, Corey Mann of the Undisputed Champions returned for his second episode as well as Joe Diller Jr. was here for his first episode of episode 25. BCQ, Becca Cottingham Quinby, he was here for episode 26 for the first ever all-NASCAR edition here on the Inner Out Sports Debate. Episode 27, LT Lamont Thomas was here. Episode 28, James Brown returned for his second episode. Episode 29, the first ever Trios edition, Darrell Owens and Jeremiah Quimby were here for the first ever uh, Trios edition for episode 29. And episode 30, our second ever professional wrestler was here. Ellis Pollard of the Richmond area was here for episode 30. 
But we are here at episode 31 tonight for Wilkay Kenso's return, as well as you can check us out on these platforms right here, as well as the Legacy Maker Sports Network, and on the audio platforms here for Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Prime, Google Podcast, Anchor, and you can also download the episodes individually on iTunes. We are back. We are back here on the screen. Welcome back here to episode 31. And guys, we have a fun-packed six rounds with a bonus this time. And with that, let's go ahead and take this into round one. Round one. And here in round one, let's start it off with some controversy, my man. Deshaun Watson's suspension is not enough punishment for his previous unlawful behavior. How do you feel about this? Are you in or are you out on this? It's not. I'm out. I think it's, I mean, I think it's enough. Um, I think six game, you had the arbitrator who came into it. He missed a lot. He missed the most of last season. I think that in the grand scheme is it, grand scheme of it, that is enough. I know a lot of people, I'm not on a lot of people would disagree with me, and that's cool. I'm fine with it. I like being the, I'll be the, I'll be the black sheep of the whole thing, but I think it's enough. You think it's enough? Yes. You think it's enough. Man, oh man, oh man, <laughs> I'm in. I still can't believe you. I'm doing it again. supplement which you should be saying in and we should have two ends that's why i had to do it for us both double <laughs> ends even though you're out i gotta give my take on this dude they're that's why they're appealing it they don't feel like it's enough like even the nfl is saying six games is not enough for yeah. this dude who wanted to play slap and tickle on the sign with a few dimes you can't be doing that especially when you got vince mcmahon and the me too movement and everything that's been going on over the last half decade my man you've got to check yourself no he is definitely guilty it is not enough you've got to set an example and last year was not a punishment him him sitting out he mm. sat out because he didn't want to play for the texans for so for that i've got to go in i've got to disagree and i'm sorry but i'm in <laughs> no it's fine it's fine and I'm, I'm cool with that you know what i mean i'm just saying like in terms of like the of what we've seen in the past in the nfl with things like this and some even worse um it's, a, it's about fair i mean i can name examples but i'm not gonna put anybody out there but there are examples of far worse um and they've gotten about four maybe eight eight maybe eight games but not this whole thought about the whole season some of these individuals that we that we like and we talk about have had far less games. So I guess that's my thing. And it's been worse. It's and then we're talking about we're talking we talk about sexual harassment. There have been far worse situations where some individuals barely miss games. Money pays and and, and, and they money, were money and costs. they were serial serial offenders too. If he's if he's meant to get off, he'll pay his way out of it because money talks, BS walks. So if he doesn't That's have true. enough to pay for it, especially with that contract he just signed, 
If he wants to not have the suspension for the whole year, that's the reason why the Browns structured his contract the way they did. Yeah. They paid him the bare minimum for this season, and all of his money is after this year because they figured whether it's an entire season or a partial season, he was going to be serving a good amount of time this year. Oh, and six games is not enough, man. That's why I got to go in. That's why they are appealing it now. And it's going to change. Yeah. It, he's not gonna. He's gonna serve way more than six games. I'd say probably twelve. I don't know about a whole season, but they're at least gonna double it. Yeah, they're gonna get with that. They they, they wanted twelve uh, to, to like the entire season. They that's what the league wanted. You just an arbitrator saw it differently. Saw it the way that I kind of saw it. But it's okay though. <laughs> yeah, just because now that Baker's gone, you don't really have anybody else that can carry you no. into the playoffs. Uh-huh. So their season's done regardless no. without him. So you're not kind of come back. I would, I would argue. I would say this that depending on if it was six games, yes, I think if it was six games, I think they would have a better shot because their team is still based on running the football. Got good running backs. They and they have good def, good talent on defense, so they can win. If they play a particular style of football, they can maintain. They still they have Nick Chubb, um, still one of the best running backs of football. You can lean on him. Uh, we see what it happens with the, with the Tennessee Titans. If you can lean on a workhorse. You can get you, but so far and play solid defense, and they got dogs on defense. So I'm just saying, if they want to play, but they have to change their style of football. If they change their style of football, they can maintain. That's the, that's with six games. I'm not sure with twelve. To me, I'm not sure with twelve, but with six games, you can maintain. I just I just disagree on that, man. That's I we started this one out hot. We gotta take this into round two with the hotness, man. Let's get <laughs> round two. With that being said, man, Brian Kerrigan's retirement with the Commanders should have happened one year ago. How do you feel about that? Are you in or are you out on this? I'm in. Okay. Yeah, he should retire with Washington last season. He was pretty much done, if you watched him the last couple of seasons, in terms of being that impactful defensive end. Um, he could have came back and – like play season to be honest with you wanted to, but I felt like going to Philadelphia that was meaningless. Should have stayed with the team, so he should have made sure he was forever a Washington Redskin commander. Yeah, considering what I have in store for you here in a few minutes, um, I'm in on this as well. He spent ten years with the team, you know, setting records was a great leader for the, the teams that actually had success during the time that he was there. You can't really, he doesn't really have much he can praise on with the, the coaching turmoil and everything that was going on upstairs. That we found out years later, we always knew that there was a dumpster fire waiting to happen with all that. We didn't know how bad it was. So for him to actually carry this franchise on the high notes that it did, I got to pay a lot of respect to him. And I felt like it should have happened a year sooner seeing him in the Eagles uniform, not only was a stab in the back, but at the same time, what did he even do? I guess it was one of those situations where he's trying to prove where um, he still has something left and says still has something left to give. But, mm-hmm. you know, he had a few tackles, but he, he, he should have left on the higher note with the, with, the, with the football team, whatever you want to call him now, the commanders. You know, <laughs> his time frame, he will always be a redskin. He was one of the last redskins, in my opinion. Okay, so I got to give that to him. Uh, we're starting a new era with this commanders slash football team, you know, since the pandemic. So for the, one of the final eras he was a part of, he was a part of something special. And uh, we both are in on it. And with that being said, 
I have a special six-minute highlight reel for you guys on Ryan Kerrigan. Check this out. It's a bootleg to the right. Kerrigan's going to sack him. Back to pass, Henny looking left the whole way. He's going to get hit. He's going to get sacked. Kerrigan's second sack. Henny in the shotgun. They rush five. He's going to get sacked again. Ryan Kerrigan there. Henny back to pass. He's hit by Kerrigan and sacked. Ties the Redskins record with four sacks in a game. With his 16th pick in the 2011 NFL Draft, the Washington Redskins select... Ryan Kerrigan, linebacker, Purdue. Everywhere, fruits and herrings, dikes and fairies, tell me where it's empty. Feed the poor till they're out there, rich no more. Double G, no, da 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 da
yeah, I'm burning it up. DPGC, you should be turning Turn it, it up. up. CPG, LBC, yeah, we hooking back up. And when they bang us in the club, baby, you got to get up. Cause homies, thug homies, yeah, they giving it up. Low lie, yo lie, boy, we living it up. Taking chances while we dancing in the party for show. Slip my girl a 44 when she grabbing the back door. Chickens looking at me strange, but you know I don't care. Step up in this mother, just a swank in my head. Trick, quick talking, quick walk if you down with the set. Take a bullet with some grip and take the smoke on this jet. Out of town, put it down for the father of rap. And if you happen to get cracked, trick, shut your trap. Come back, get back, that's the part of success. If you believe in the S, you'll be relieving your stress. It's the one and Kerrigan highlight video that was made by the NFL Hype uh, channel on YouTube. You can subscribe to them at NFL Hype, which that's how you can check them out. And with that being said, that's two rounds we've gone through. We do have some breaking news we actually have to cover before we get into round three. That breaking news is this. Tomorrow we have our second, well, actually, no, our third ever Double Debate Tuesday. Episode 32, the golden boy Greg Anthony returns for the second time since his first appearance on the episode 14 edition of the Inner Out Sports Debate. He is here tomorrow at 12.30 p.m. Central, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And then tomorrow evening we have Cody Stewart joining for episode 33 here to discuss a lot of New York-based sports. Again, you could check us out here on the audio platforms listed below iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Prime, Google pa- Podcasts, as well as Anchor.fm. And guys, we have had a great start to the show. We do have round three to get into. Let's check that on out. Round three. Here with round three, we'll go ahead and go to another Washington team, but this time in the NBA. Colin Sexton would be a franchise-changing addition if the Wizards were to make the deal. 
with this being a team that you definitely cover well, Wale, what do you think about this? Are you in or are you out on this? I'm in. Uh, I like Colin, uh, Colin Sexton. I've been a big fan of him because he's a competitor. Um, and you, if you watch what this team had a few years back with John Wall, of a guy who was willing to compete at the highest level and go at the best point guards in the game, you see that in Colin um, Sexton. Um, his jumper still needs a little work, but he's getting better. He's tenacious on defense, um, and he's, his, his thing is to compete. If you ever watched clips of him back in the day, even in college when he was in Alabama, how you know basically playing defense would get up in you. Uh, he's just that type of player. I think he'd be great for the Wizards. Um, he'd be a he'd be a, a good acquisition, a younger point guard, and somebody I think that could play well at Bradley Bill. I definitely agree with that. I'm definitely in on this as well. You stole the words right out of my mouth, and you even brought him up, Bradley Beal. That'd be a great addition for him, somebody with youth, somebody that could help move the ball around to not only the bigs down in the post, and also they could be really good with defense, moving the ball around. I mean, he's not like LeBron with the assist, but the kid knows how to move the ball around. Got to give him his props when due. Um, he's definitely mm-hmm. good on, behind the art, too. Um, you know, yeah, I've, I watched some highlights on him. I tried to, if I didn't have enough time, but I wanted to have like a little small highlight, little clip of him to show. But I figured we would both be on in on this, but I just didn't have enough time. But there's some other highlights here, and a few I think that you're definitely going to be glad that we got here in a second. But with Colin Sexton, though, highlights or not, this kid would definitely be a great fit for this team. And I got to go in, and it's something they need some type of energy to come to this team with Bradley Beal. No, I'm with you. I think that's a move they should make. Uh, I know they were rumored, you know, to be interested, but. I think that's the type of player. I know they just got Monty Morris, and they want probably want to start him. But I just think that if you get Colin Sexton, he's a guy you start. Monty Morris has always played; he's played the bench in Denver, so he's used to doing that, and he can still give minutes. He's a real productive point guard, backup point guard. I think Sexton is just—I think he's underrated. I think he's very—he's—I he's, know because um, the kid they got in Cleveland that they like a lot, but I think he is very Sexton is very underrated. I'm talking about Garland and Cle- and Cleveland. Everybody likes Garland. Garland's good, but Sexton is highly underrated. I mean, maybe he can come through and start a package deal for him. Who knows? But uh, you know, if they brought Garland maybe, with them, but maybe but who knows? Speaking oh, they can't that, get Garland here. They can't get Garland, but they're not getting Garland. But yeah, they can get Sexton if they work hard enough. <laughs> I mean, you, you, I mean, yeah. I mean, you, sometimes you got to pay to play, my man. That's the only thing that sucks with that. But um, yeah. <laughs> but, but speaking of comments and paying to play, we do have some comments here at the at the midway point here with the medial mayhem to acknowledge from the fans. Here with the medial mayhem, we have a bunch of comments we need to get through from the fans. And we will start off with Darrell saying, Drew and Wole. Darrell is here to comment. He's, he's all excited for us to get this episode, man. He <laughs> loves us and he was pumped up for it, man. So, chosen ones here saying, Wole. I guess he was watching from episode 20 before. We got, uh, we got, we got a not enough for Watson. So, so he's, he's sticking up for me saying, There's not enough for Watson here. Give him credit cool. where it's due with that. I guess he's with me on the 12th. Chosen one, go ahead and say in the comments down below who you actually believe, what what, the, what you believe. If you don't think six is enough, do you think that I was right with about 12? Or 
You, you know, we already know. I think, he, I, think he, I think he thinks you're right. I think he's saying it, it's more. No, than... he, he, he doesn't agree with you. We know that. But does he I think know that. 12 is right? Oh, should he get more? He should be. Should he get more? Like, yeah, he yeah, yeah, should yeah, be more yeah. chosen one. Let's, let's see, since you're such bright and you've been commenting on the videos here lately, I want to see what your opinion here is, CEO. Let's see what you got. Evan Clay has a bunch of laughing emojis. Guess he was laughing at my take on Watson. I guess with me going off on Watson, it's about the time frame where I was going off at the 820 mark. So there's that. Evan says, what about the marijuana guys getting suspended for an entire season versus this? He's got a, good, a good point. point. Very good Very point. Very good point. You also you got, smoke uh, the lettuce and you get a year. Yet, yeah. you, you know, you, you do some bad things or, behind some, you know, some massage type or, deals. Or, get... or, or really, you know what I mean? Like, or really, who got like the whole season for like, gambling but he wasn't really betting on games i don't really, really get that but yeah so i'm with yeah they're they're again the nfl has a problem of how they hand their suspensions i've always said that there's, there's no there's no consistency because you can always look at a situation and say well this person did this and he didn't get uh this amount of games or he got less or he got fewer games you know what i mean like the the problem with the nfl punishing system is there is no consistency and that's the problem also i would say is that when you don't have when the NFL is the main arbitrator, like if you should, when they do go outside, then they still they come back to Roger Goodell, who wants to throw that suspension down anyway. It's always to me, it's a fair situation where you, if you're the NFL PA and the NFL, to have a a person in the middle to give out the penalty. And if I didn't have an issue with it because you had somebody in the middle, but now you're going back to the NFL, the NFL PA is going to be like, "Oh, this isn't fair," because we we agreed to have somebody in the middle. But again, it's, it's in the agreement that Roger Goodell gets the say, the final say. So it's dumb on the NFL's part, NFL PA's part, but they have he has the final say. So, but where's the fair? Where's the fairness in that situation? Where a lot of suspicions that we just talked about, Roger Goodell hasn't hasn't been hasn't been fair on. You know what I mean? So. No, you're it right. It is what no. it is. But the, it no, is a, the, the problem is the inconsistency, though. The problem is the inconsistency. I agree. Yeah, most definitely. Evan then follows up with, who are we to tell a guy when he is done playing? That's his choice all day. He's he's getting all upset about us with the oh, talk about Kerrigan? Kerrigan. Yeah, but well, you know when you're done. You know when you're done. Don't like you yeah. know when it's done. <laughs> I'm not mad about getting a check, but you know when you're done. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Like you know. Calm down there, Evan. I'm going to video record this, and I'm going to send this to you. That's one of my teammates from the baseball team I was telling you about. But he's funny, though. He says, Commanders equals Redskins. Yes, we know. Oh. It's like the license plate right behind my head. We definitely know, my man. We know. <laughs> nice Ryan Kerrigan tribute. So the chosen one definitely agree with that. It would. Sexton would be a cancer to the team, like KD in Brooklyn. Oh, I wouldn't say that. No. Colin Worth, he plays hard, man. He plays hard. If you put him in a, in a role where you put him, he'll be all right. One thing you can't deny with that kid is he puts it all out there on the court. LeBron was a fan of him too, I believe, because of his effort, the energy and effort he plays. The dude plays hard. You may, you can, you know, you can call him a cancer. But he plays hard. There's a lot of dudes who don't play hard in, in the NBA. That dude plays hard. You know what, chosen one? You know what? You know what I think? I think that if Colin Sexton saw you as a person on the street right now, this is what he would do to you for the next 60 seconds. Mary had a little lamb. I'll tell you what, piss on the lamb, piss on Mary, and piss on you. The Rock is going to go out there tonight and do what he does best. And let's lay the smackdown on your Rudy Poo. Ah, hey, don't do it. Don't do it because the rock guarantees to prove to you, you, this goof holding the camera, this chick gawking at the rock, he will prove to the millions. 
and millions of The Rock's fans exactly why The Rock is the great one, exactly why The Rock is the chosen one, and exactly why The Rock is, without a shadow of a doubt, the best damn WWF champ there ever was, if you smack. Hey, uh-uh, Philly, this ain't sing along with the champ. If you smell what the rock is cooking. <laughs> That's what I think, Colin. Sexton would do to you, chosen one. He would just lay it the smack it down when you verbally, then go out there and have a double double. Or hell, since Russell Westbrook can't do it anymore, he'd go out there and have a triple double and do it in your face, chosen one. Especially out there on the streets, he would do it. Oh, chosen one has this is say. I guess coming back saying with my what I was saying. Two years on Watson, he says. Two, two years. years on Watson is what. Uh-huh. Yeah, two year suspension. It's a long ass time. Chosen one. I don't know, man. He's already been gone a year, but that was not that, like we we, like we acknowledged earlier. That was not for this. That was because he didn't want to play for the Texans last year. Mm. But this is completely different. Six games is not enough. We definitely know you acknowledge that. Twelve is what I feel like would be at least be fair. A whole year, I guess, at most. Two years from now? No, I can't say two years. Chosen one. Let me him be gone three years from the game. Come on now, like this. It's a little bit much. Chosen one, and then he follows it up with the Rock says. So chosen <laughs> one definitely was a fan of that. I guess being the lay at the smackdown on him, but who know, isn't a fan? Gone... Who isn't though? It's the Rock. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> with the, with that, we've covered through all the comments here. Midway point. Let's go to round four. Round four. And here with round four, let's take this to the by the numbers segment. And with that being said, this one is Reggie Miller is the greatest athlete to ever wear the number 31 in all of sports. And with that being said, how do you feel about that? Well, are you in or are you out on that? Sadly, I'm out, but I want to be in. Reggie is like one of my favorite basketball players. So it hurts me to say that the first I was going to say in, but when I had to think about it, Greg Maddox rocked the number 31. Greg Maddox was one of the best pitchers of my lifetime. And, you know, and in terms of, you know, you know, in different tenures, I mean, he was Chicago Cubs. He was, he was great. And then with the Braves, obviously a lot of people remember him with the Braves. He was great. So Greg Maddox, in terms of what he did with the pitching as a pitcher, especially with his two seam fastball, uh, be able to spot it from, you know, it, from going, look like it's going directly to you and again, hitting that inside corner to plate. I got, I had to say Rick Maddox is like the best 30, the greatest 31 of all sports. You know, with that being said, I, I definitely agree with this. I'm out on this as well. And it warms me very much to know that you said Greg Maddox, that you came to the table with Greg Maddox, because I was ready with an arsenal to unload had you not, and especially this 10-second highlight clip. <laughs> Look at the movement on that. This scene was crazy. That this scene was insane. crazy. I just yeah. got to play that 10 seconds again. That is wild. This is the movement. That's his two scene. 
His two seam is amazing. His two seam yeah. was probably the best. I think his two seam is the pitch that made it sexy for a lot of individuals to use a two seam fastball because of his movement. Because it would, especially for a left handed a left handed hitter, it would look like it was coming directly at you. Then it would just slide back on the inner, inner part inner part of the plate and no one could really do nothing with it at that particular point in time like no one could do anything with that pitch you know what i mean he was just he's a master of of control i mean it wasn't even about he threw about 92 93 but it was a master of control it's actually odd when you look through his stats he pitched for 22 years right uh-huh. had a little bit of a he wasn't like the he wasn't as good as he was in the middle towards the latter part of his career at the beginning he had to kind of find his way at the beginning not as drastically yeah. as Randy Johnson had to find his way but pretty bad yeah. okay so so he started off with the Cubs he was in 86 is when he started he, he retired in 08. But in all that time, it just mind boggles me that he only had eight all-star appearances in 22 years. And all those years, he was dominant. And yeah. it was from 88. He, he got it in 88, 92, 94 through 98, and then just two in 2000. So, um, but he was still he was still pretty dominant towards the latter part of his career. You know, he spent 11 seasons with the Braves. Um, he spent a good portion of the beginning of his career with the Cubs. And a couple of years after he left oh, the Braves, yeah. going back to the Cubs. Was in L.A. for a couple stints too, so I mean, he he did pull his time, but with he's definitely yeah. a top ten pitcher when you look at all the stats and all of the years and all the pitchers and all the careers and just with this one pitch alone, I gotta do it one last time. And because we both disagreed, we actually unlocked the first installment of this. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. no to the no, no. Bishop Bullwinkle is in the house for the first time since we both actually disagreed on something. But with that being said, you know, we, we can't even argue against that with Greg Maddox. Reggie Miller was a great basketball player. Great, did basketball great things player. for the Pacers. But Maddox has a championship that's over a, the over the fact that's the biggest thing. They both had long careers. Yeah. And Reggie Miller did, did great enough to where he's a Hall of Famer, but not enough to say the best ever that wore up at 31. Yeah. And arguably you can make the argument that Maddox may be the best pitcher of his era. You can make that argument. Um pitcher. We talk about positions, right? You can't say that Reggie and I, and I love Reggie. I think Reggie's one of the most clutch players ever, but you can't make the argument that Reggie was the best two guard in his era. Absolutely, absolutely. And in most cases with the inner out sports debate, we have five rounds, but in this one, we actually have a special bonus round. Let's get to that with Washington Sports Continues. Surprise, motherfucker. And with that surprise, which was a big one, actually, um, to a lot of uh, fans, and especially the way that it happened and the amount of pieces that moved in this trade. Well, Lay, what do you think about this when it comes to the Juan Soto, the Juan Soto trade? Was a better deal overall for the Washington Nationals. How do you feel about this? Are you in or are you out on this? Uh, I'll say I'm in. I'll go in. Um, they were going to lose Soto. Obviously, they didn't want to be there. Um, but you know, you get a boatload of prospects. Um, you get the kid Gore, who was a starter for the Padres. Uh, they moved him to the bullpen because he was struggling a little bit, but he's a starter. And he was showing a lot of promise early in the season. They got a bunch of top-tier, you know, prospects from the Padres. The Padres have one of the better farm systems in baseball, period. 
Um, so, and then you are Voight, who used to play for the Yankees as a power hitter. Um, they wanted um, Hobsner, but Hobsner didn't want to come to um, the Nets, which is understandable. Um, but you have Voight, you have Voight, and I think that's a solid player. Um, I just think that with the prospects, you 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 have a good opportunity to start over, and they need they need to. Um, the question would be: is, is the manager the right manager to, to groom these young players? That's another discussion. But I think they they did right. You know, they did right. It's probably I think it's the biggest deal of you know in terms of getting prospects um, in history, the history of baseball, something like that. So. I think I think they I think it's a good move for the uh, Nets. It, it's definitely you can go either way with this, but sake of argument, I'm going to go out. All right, when you think about the pieces they traded, when you think about prospects, the key word prospects, and today we just don't know what a prospect is anymore. The way the uh-huh. scouting and the way things have advanced and stuff. You know, Luke Volt, like you pulled up, and that's a good one that's been struggling or kind of been moved around or whatnot. Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, Robert Hassell, James Wood, and Harlan Susano were all the ones that were being traded from the Padres. And when you think about the the big one, Hosmer was the one that was holding up for a little bit, you know, right before the 4 o'clock deadline. I believe it was like right around 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It finally broke on that deadline day. And it was big for Soto to actually be moved, but – you know, he still had two years left on his deal. The longer that the Nationals waited, the less they would get. And this was actually a big, big deal that they mm-hmm. actually got at this point in the season for him. Will it pay off right now to where they can go on a run? No, but that actual management of the Nationals is not as great as it once was. And with the mismanagement with the actual signing deal of Strasburg that we talked about previously and the other moves that they've made, I just don't think that this is going to be a good move for them in the long haul because, again, we don't know what a prospect truly is anymore. So when it comes to that, I've got to go out. And for the fact that we can't agree on everything, so i got to go somewhere with it, and I'm going out. So with that, it's understandable. that's how I feel with Soto. Plus, plus when you, you speak of this, plus maybe to help out your argument, I actually do have this clip right here. It took Juan Soto a little bit, but he finally got his first hit of the season with the Padres this last weekend. Here's a little 15-second jab of that. Line to right and a base hit for Soto. Heading first to third is Kim. And the Padres have runners at the corners. The first hit in the Padres uniform for Juan Soto. Yeah, it took him a little bit, but he finally got it this past weekend. He's gonna be fine. Like Juan Soto is gonna be fine. Like he's gonna like he's 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 a spectacular player. I mean, they got Josh Bell too. That's a you know he was having, he was having a great year, uh, a really good year. I'm gonna say great, but real good year hitting over 300. Um, but <clears throat> I mean, the Nets need to make a move, man. Dude didn't want to stay. It's it sucks. They lost, you know, they lost Harper, they lost Rendon, they lost Turner. Now they lost so they've lost Soto. Um, Max Scherzer. Um, they've lost a lot of great players that helped them win that World Series. But if somebody doesn't want to be there, you offered them forty, you know, four hundred and forty million dollars, and he was like, "Nah, I don't want it." Um, then it is what it is. You got to do the best you can do to make a deal happen to, to for your for your organization. So they did. Um, but you're never gonna, to your point, they're prospects. So you're never gonna get the short. Well, you pro- it's hard to say you're gonna get a short thing like <clears throat> like Juan Soto within those pros- prospects, but. You 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 bulked up on a bunch of good prospects and hopefully a few out to be impact players. And if they are, then we look back on this trade, we'll be like, okay, <clears throat> the Nats did what's best for the team. 
you know, with that, with that, I, it's hard to, to go against that. And, and we, and we, we shall see in time how those prospects pay off. Will they be other trade pieces that could be moved for somebody else? But, uh, <laughs> The way that this this management of this team's going, it's not quite as bad as the commanders, but I still ha- don't have as high hopes for the Nationals as I do, you know, for, I would say, the Padres at this point. The Padres the are Padres trying to make stacked. a run. Ooh, Padres stacked. are stacked. stacked. If I had time to get that graphic ready for this, I was trying to have, I didn't have no time. I was trying to get these highlights and stuff. But but with that being said, you know, they, they've got a stacked team. Them and the Yankees made some big moves during the trade deadline. So Padres stacked <laughs> next year because then the Tatis comes back. <laughs> yeah, and, and the Yankees. I'm a, I'm a Braves fan. I'll give you that, but I got to at least acknowledge the Yankees getting rid of Joey Gallo, getting rid of that deal, um, getting Ben Intendi yeah. to help them out in the outfield. They're going to be the the American League team that you got to beat, and then the the National League is going to be between the Padres and the Mets. That's my take right now. And all this year, you think this year you don't think they think you think they're better than the Dodgers? Could the Dodgers still they could get them? Right? The Dodgers it's, are kind of beating up on them, right? Uh, they beat up on them over the weekend. It all depends on health, and I mean, them having Freddie Freeman's a big addition to the Dodgers, but but that addition of Juan Soto, the youth that he has over Freeman, that you know, I feel like that just elevates the team. They're only like three or three and a half games back when they they made the deal. Pitchers, they're missing pitchers that they can't like the Dodgers has a that Dodgers have a pitching staff. Padres don't really have a great pitching staff at the moment. I mean, but they have Manny Machado. Um, Soto, um, out Josh Bell. But if we look at the Dodgers, man, they're stacked too. Like when you look at that Dodgers, I know everybody gets, you know, when they get that train, that big move, but the Dodgers are stacked. Like they are like what the Yankees, you know, have been over the last some odd years in terms of paying for the best players in the world. I mean, you just talked about Freeman. Freeman's in our age is one of the best hitters, period. Like in, in our age of, of baseball, um, you got Mookie Betts. You know, you got Trey Turner. We just talked about it. Now. You got Trey Turner. Like, sheesh. They got studs and they got pitchers. You know, they I got mean, some of the best. It's hard, they just, man. They just got to get there, man. They just got to get there. And yeah. are they going to beat the Dodgers out for the number one spot in the West? No. no, no, they're not going to because right now, currently, they're 15 and a half games back in the NL West because <laughs> the Dodgers 75 and 33. Yeah. The Padres are 61 and 50. How? Ever they are they tied at the number one spot with the Phillies because the Phillies are 60 and 48, the Padres are 61 and 50, and they had the tiebreaker over them because of the the record against them for the wild card. So technically, right now they're tied. And if if today ended, the Phillies and the Padres would have a one-game playoff to get in because the Braves and the Mets wild cards now this season, though. There's three wild card spots this season. Yep. Yeah, and the Braves, the Braves are getting there. So Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's basically Okay. Okay. I'm actually how are they doing it? Is it three? The first the first spot gets this gets the wild card. The second spot, the first, the two and the three it's have to play it out. The playing game. Okay. It's playing so a, sure playing right. game. Okay. Yeah, it's gotcha. that's basically how they've been factoring that extra third spot, you know, because they kind of have to have the, the two met forming into one to go against the way the format normally is. So it's basically what worked yes. into like yes. you get the play in game and then it's back to regular format. Gotcha. So, okay, I got it now. But uh, you know, with with that being said, with the Juan Soto trade, that it, it's it was a lot of moving pieces. It was definitely uh-huh. big for baseball to have that happen. But 
Speaking of big for baseball, not big for baseball, but big for football, for you know, for this team, for the commanders, this is what we have for the final round. Final round. And here with the final round, Antonio Gandy Golden's retirement was the best move for his own career going forward. How do you feel about this, Wale? Are you in or are you out on this? I'm out. I like this kid. I've always liked this kid. I like his physical tools, his size, what he did in Liberty. Um, it's a shame that, you know, the first season he was like, he had injuries, the hamstring, and also lost some confidence. So then, you know, that kind of hindered him. And then, you know, the following, the following season, you know, he got, you know, he's, he's just cut. Um, then it's hard for him to make the team, it's hard for him to make the team, he's on practice squad. So like kind of this team in Virginia kind of gave up on him, which it is what it is. People tend to do that. And then they just moved him to tight end. So usually what that happens when you move somebody tight end, you know that they're on the bottom of the of the barrel when it comes to like the the spots on that team because when you go from wide receiver to tight end, so I just felt like this team kind of he saw the writing on the wall with this team. But I've, I I think that he could have tried to find to another another team and just to see if he could be able to kind of re up his his football career. But I think he's way it's way too early for him to retire. If there's anything health, if there's no health implications in terms of you know um. Um, concussions or whatnot. So I would have loved for him to kind of try to keep playing. Absolutely. I agree with this wholeheartedly. I'm out on this as well when it comes to this. He was 24 years old. I mean, he's only 24 years old. Yeah, he has plenty of time to go back to college, but I don't agree with this. I feel like you know, the day that the news came out, I was pretty much saying this. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> you know, when I when also, you know, I was also saying oh, this. No. <laughs> you know, and then, the, you know, this lady also popped up in my head. Ain't too. nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody. You know, when she's going off in your head and all that stuff's happening, you should be saying this. And th- this one thing should be popping up in your head, Antonio Gandy Golden. It should be this. This was this should be popping up in your head right now, Antonio Gandy Golden. You should be wanting to play football on Fox on Sunday. This should be you, Antonio Gandy Golden. But instead, we are cheated. You got plenty of time to go back to college, my man. You got plenty of contracts. Yes, you only had one catch during the regular season, but I put together this highlight reel to show how much more faith I had in you, Antonio Gandy Golden. Seventy-three seconds of Antonio. Candy Golden.
with that, you know, we got the highlight reel of a, a Antonio Gandy Golden here. You know, dude, you had so much more potential. I had so much praise for you. When they picked you, I was like, man, coming out of Liberty, you know, you look good out of Liberty, the Christian school, but I guess you need to go back and, you know, do a little bit more praying. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to go anti, but at the same time, we needed you here. We needed you, man. And you just deserted us. It's kind of like when your dad, t- you find out who your dad is at two years old. You have a small relationship with the taste for ice cream. And he drops you back off and no more relationship with dad because he's going back to school. You can't see him until he comes back in four years. Well, then you're 28 years old. Are you a Chris Winkie who can be another rookie all over again, like 20 years ago when he came out for the Panthers, a 28-year-old rookie yeah. drafted? You can't be redrafted. But come on, man. you got, like, what, two more years of school to finish, I think. Is it really worth it when you could really see what you got in the NFL? I, don't, I feel like you're wasting an opportunity when you should be going for it right now with another team like you said. Don't go to Dallas. Go like Green Bay or something. Go work with Aaron Rodgers, one of the greats. Exactly. I feel like that would be a good move for you. I think That'd so. be someone great to work with. You could teach you some other different things of your position from a different perspective. No, I'm with you. I think that going to a place, if he gave himself an opportunity, say this team's going to cut him because probably we're going to cut him anyway. Um, I think you play with someone like Aaron Rodgers, man. Like he makes quarter, he makes receivers look good. You know how many trash receivers? I'm sorry to say this, but it's the truth. There'll be trash receivers out there that got paid from by Aaron Rodgers or get attention because of Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying Adams is. I think Devontae Adams is a good, is a real good wide receiver. But there are receivers that have made plays for the Green Bay Packers that aren't elite receivers. And so you, Aaron Rodgers will make you look good. Somebody like that, you know, Tom Brady or whoever, guys who tend to can make a court, make a receiver look better. You know, I mean, I feel like Washington, unless you like scary, I mean Terry McLaurin. Your receivers don't look as good because your wire, your quarterback play has been trash. So this is a situation where, to me, I don't think he should be judged. If I'm him, if he's judging himself on what he's done so far in the NFL, like I wouldn't look at that. It's not a good barometer. Like look at if I was somewhere else, could I be productive? And I think if he had looked, if he looks through that premise, that premise, then he would be okay. Like he would still try to stay in the league. And just try to go to a situation where the quarterback play is 10 times better than what you've dealt with while, you know, being here in Washington. Yeah, that's a good, definitely a good take. And with that, we do have some comments to acknowledge right here at the end, right before we go into the final word for the Mayhem culmination. Let's check this out. And here with the mayhem culmination, the comments from the fans. Looks like we have one that's been continuously discussing throughout. He's been kind of stalking us here the past, I'd say, about eight or nine episodes. His name is The Chosen One. He found us on YouTube. And we left off with, we were talking about the bonus round, I guess, because he's talking about mega, I guess he's saying mega deal, mega deal for both sides of that trade. That still still suck anyway. (laughs) Hmm. I'm an Orioles fan, so you know, you know what, man. I mean, the chosen one. I, I, I'm not one to knock you. I'm kind of with you. Um, they go. suck. But I'm gonna tell you this. Like, I'm not gonna say the Nats still suck. I'm not gonna put all on the Nats. I will say this though, Davey Martinez. He is a manager. I'm, I'm cool with saying that. And I don't care if he has. He's the Barry Switzer of managing. Put it that way. I think I'm gonna go with this. <laughs> Thank you.
he's an Orioles fan. I'm a Braves fan. We don't really care. We're just trying to be polite to the Washington, D.C. area and have a D.C. area segued show. So, yes, we don't actually care, Chosen One. So you're just fueling the fire right there with us coming back at you with really nobody cares. And with Miss Sandra Brown with this, too. Ain't nobody got time for that. Because ain't nobody got time for that, Chosen One. Back to whatever comments you have after that. The Juan, Juan Soto wins three to four more in San Diego. I guess he's talking about uh, championships because he was there for that one in, in Washington. Um, you think that, do you uh, think that he's going to get three to four more rings? It depends what the Dodgers do. Um, I really believe that it depends what the Dodgers do. Um, I just think their team is just overall better. But I, I'll say this, when Tatis, when when he – he has a he has gonna have two more years. I don't know what they're gonna do after. Well, I don't know. If, yeah, he has a good chance. He does because Tatis will be back next season. I think next season, this season, I don't think they will win a championship. I think next season they're in prime condition with prime situation with a championship. That lineup, just thinking about that line, lineup with Machado, Soto, uh, Tatis, it's it's scary. It is. It's just it's just, it's a scary line. It's a scary it's a scary unit, man. It really is. Like there's no excuse to not win win games and he's still, still you still they still have will myers too yeah there's no excuse to not win baseball games like winning at a high level like the dodgers can't dominate that division for the, for that long like they should be good enough to to make sure that the dodgers and they are competing for that first place spot it can't be this big 15 game lead you know what i mean like this has to be like when you get those guys on the on on the field together then they have to all protect produce at a high level I, I expect them to and if they don't produce if their team is not producing wins wins at a high level then that's a manager that's a manager situation that you gotta get that situated absolutely absolutely i agree with that too i mean as a braves fan you know they they're the reigning champs even i gotta be realistic and say here they got a good team this year but they still they gotta go through the nl west and i feel like the nl west yeah. and not only that but they gotta go through their own division with the mets and the Phillies are right behind oh them for the wild card spot. So, so Mets are Mets are definitely. I feel like the Mets are going to be the one that wins the division, and the Braves are going to be getting a wild card this year. When yeah. it comes to the NL champion, I feel like it's going to come out of the West. It's going to be either the Dodgers or the Padres. I'll acknowledge what you're saying about the, the Dodgers and say I feel like they've got a good shot at winning, not yeah. just the World Series, but but the the actual National League. And yeah. so the Padres, the, the, those two are going to be facing off at some you at some like point the in Mets the playoffs. Team? I like the Mets too. team, but I feel like the, the toughest, the toughness is going to come from the West. The the Dodgers yeah. loaded up after losing last year because they won not too long ago, and they were kind of yeah. butt hurt with losing last year with, with the Braves did. Now that yeah. they got Freddie Freeman and made that big pickup move, they're the ones that feel like they're the ones that are a step above to where they can win that that NL. So it, it could be it could be the Mets, but I feel like it's going to come out of the West this year, and especially with the Juan Soto deal, you got to mm-hmm. acknowledge what the Padres made not just on on the offense, but in the bullpen too. And it with, their bullpens, with the pitch, yeah, they, they do. Their bullpen is one of the best bullpens in, in baseball. I like, I mean, I like the reason I like the Mets. I like their bullpen. I like the starters. You I mean you got um, what's his name came back? Oh, I'm having a moment now. My guy, um, the best pitcher, not Scherzer, but their best pitcher. Uh, I'm I'm drawing it too. You know what I'm talking about. It's it's yeah. It's obvious. It's like what? It's the best picture. What am I? Why am I? He just came. He just came back. Oh, never mind. But you got yeah. yeah. It'll it'll get to me later. It'll come. It'll come to me later. Maybe one of the comments, fans. If you're yeah, please put in the comments. But you have when you have aces like that with Scherzer and 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 
the individual I'm, I'm trying trying to remember, like you're going to be in multi and an ace closer and Lugo, like you're going to be to me hard to beat, especially where we and it also you know we talk about a bullpen. Nobody manages the bullpen. I don't care what era of baseball he may not have a World Series a championship, but Buck Mark, but um. Buck Showalter is awesome in managing a bullpen, um, especially in postseasons and, and, and whatnot. So I just think that team is in a position to do some real damage. You know what I mean? Like some real damage. I, I like them more. I like the Padres. I know Padres got Juan, but I like them more in terms of in baseball. We know this. We watched it for years. It, in the postseason, you can have all the guns in the world in terms of offensively speaking. But when you got them dogs at the top of, the top of the rotation – it's hard, man. <laughs> it's hard Absolutely. to beat them in a serious way. You know what I mean? So when you have individuals like, you know, Max Scherzer, what we've seen him do in the past, um, it's going to be tough. So with the Padres, were you thinking of Hugh Darvish? Not with a Darvish. I'm talking about the Mets. I'm thinking about the Mets starting pitcher. Not Darvish. Oh, DeGrom. DeGrom is who you're talking about. Thank you, Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, yes, Jacob thank DeGrom, you. yeah. Thank you, Jacob. I was like, yeah, so for some Jacob reason, there was, there was a disconnect. I thought you were talking about Padres. No, so no, I was, I was talking about the Mets. Padres, oh, and you oh, were talking yeah. about Mets. Thank you. That's why me. we had, yeah. And I was like looking yeah. up, I was like, are you talking about like, you, Darvish? No, and then, like, then nah, when you said injury, nah. I was like, it's got to be DeGrom when you said Mets. Yeah, DeGrom, yeah, DeGrom. I'm sorry, DeGrom, yes. DeGrom and, right, so, like, that's a, and DeGrom throws 100 easy. It's smooth. Um, He just came back. To me, he's the most dominant pitcher in baseball for the last couple seasons. And you match that with Adam. Like, if Max Scherzer is your second-best pitcher, you're scary. I don't care what it is. You're scary. You're scary. So now you know that in a series that your chances of winning two games in a row is pretty high. You know what I mean? It's pretty high. Like, And if you got that, then the pressure's on the other team. And that's what I'm saying. Like, if you don't have the, If you don't have the pitchers on the front of the rotation – to deal with that type of combination. And I think the, and to me, the Dodgers do, you got Bueller, you got, you got Kershaw. I mean, you got bodies with the Dodgers. The Dodgers have pitchers, um, but like the Padres, like the Gronk is shut down. I don't care if you want something. The Gronk is shut down Juan Soto. He's just that good. He can shut down. I love, I'm an Orioles fan. I love Manny Machado. The Gronk can shut down Manny Machado. You know what I mean? Like he can shut those dudes down. Scherzer, we've seen it, can shut those dudes down. We've seen Scherzer, the history of Max Scherzer. I mean, that's, he got the that's win. pressure. DeGrom got the win when he came back. Uh, yeah. They were they, they they lit the Braves up. I mean, uh-huh. this past weekend was not a fun series to watch. Well, I love the Braves, the Braves fans, so. the, Braves, but, the Braves are talented, too. The Braves are a problem. Look, look, the Braves have that experience from last season, and that experience does a lot when you go into the postseason. They got you know. seven games left against the Mets after this past weekend. Yeah. But they but after what I just saw now in August against them, mm-hmm. I'm giving the Mets their credit. I just feel yeah. like I feel like the Mets are gonna win the division. Braves yeah. are gonna get wild card, and the champion of the NL is gonna come out of the West. I'm calling it now at the beginning it's of be tough. On, so on eight eight on August eight, August eight eight, 2022, on our even number day at two eight twos. o'clock is where we where we rocked at eight o'clock. Yeah, either way, <laughs> we, we're doing that today. So with that, we need to go to AG2. He says AG2, talk about Antonio Gandy-Golden, was underutilized. Thank you, Chosen One. You, I appreciate you. I think so too, man. I think you drafted him. I feel like you drafted him. You got to use him. Facts. This show is doing better by needs. I guess he means but. This show is doing better but needs to make some improvements in topics less dead skins. 
<laughs> well, first of all, chosen one, we're calling them by their name. We're calling them the commanders, so we're at least acknowledging it, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. But you need to calm down with that. We need to give you a hell no. Hell to the no, to the no, 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 no. Hell no, no, to the no, no. Not only that, I'm going to give you this. Get the fuck out of here. Wait, who's his team? I got to know the, the chosen one. Who's your football team? Let's see. He might have, he might have put it. He's got to be the Baltimore Ravens, I'm guessing. He didn't say he didn't say that he gave us his baseball team here in a second. He does follow that up with Aaron Rodgers only cares about himself. Bad move for AG2. Stay gronked. Stay retired, I guess. <laughs> Stay gronked. I haven't heard that one before. Oh, That's man. why I gotta I gotta go to Little John on this one. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, hey, hey, oh, 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 oh. Holy shnikes. Holy. Gotta get Durrell the, the, the like loves the, the Green Bay Packers. Ask Durrell like who is Lazard for real. And then tell me if AGG couldn't be as good as Lazard. Yeah, <laughs> for, for the Packers. AG2 probably could. I kind of like him calling him AG2. AG2 I like that too. I like, G, I, I like it too. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I got, even though he kind of gets under my gears and he, you know he's been kind of you know kind of stalking here lately it's kind of funny but i'm just gonna acknowledge him because it's funny he's the only comment at this point in the show and this chosen one says the mets suck are you an, are not a nats he must not a nats fan i'm kind of by his answers i'm trying to get who like who with his who is his baseball oh yankees there you go that makes he sense he's yeah, a yankees fan sense. so he's probably a giants fan yeah, it makes sense. Go Yankees. If he's given if he's so much crap on the on the you know on our team, the it doesn't Yankees. matter. Chosen one, we still you know we, we're going to say what we want to say. This is our our territory. You want to take that somewhere else? I mean, Start your own show. Talk about the Giants. Judge is okay. Judge is good. You know, Yankees always every year the Yankees are supposed to do something, and every year they follow short. I like. I mean, Judge is good. He's cool. I like, I like Judge. He's all right. He's all yeah, right. I mean, he, he's, a, he's on pace at 60 home runs. So I got yeah, I mean, college. yeah. He's having a great year, man. And he, and he, and he hits it in a small ballpark. He should, he should have about 60 every year, the way he hit home runs. You know, with <laughs> that, we've definitely covered a good amount of topics. And with you saying with the amount of home runs he should hit in that stadium, I definitely agree with that. But <laughs> boo on the Yankees. Boo on the Yankees. I, no, you take that somewhere else, chosen one. For that, you get one more of these. When I'm going to put this back up when you get one more of these. You know, that was a great way to end the show with the comments. We do have one more segment to go into, and that is the final word. Here with the final word, we basically, out of all the things we talked about and all six topics that we discussed, or just anything in sports in general, what's on your mind, Wale? What do you got to get off? The- man, uh, and just just in terms of, like, football, man, we here. Football season's here. We, didn't, we just talked about Watson. We talked about the commanders, you know, Ryan Kerrigan retirement, retiring, uh, Antonio, Antonio Gandy-Golden, but it's me as a, a individual who covers the Washington Commanders. Man, football season's here, man. First preseason game goes down Saturday. Um, just excited, man. It's football. We here. 
know what I'm saying? We hear all this speculation, talk, who's going to do what. It's going to happen on the field. I love it. You know, with that, uh, with the final word, you definitely took it in a great con- – but that, that game we had, that Hall of Fame game was horrible. That yeah, I missed trash. it. I'm not gonna lie to you. I missed it. Was it bad? Didn't miss I anything. It. It's okay. terrible. It was. It was, right. it was horrible. It but that's always much. the worst preseason game. I, that that really is like it really because usually nobody plays. But which is cool with me though. I'm a dude that I I want the individuals who are scrapping to play to make a team to play. Like I think it's easy to say like let like Aaron Rodgers play or whatever. I want to do when guys who can't who don't have an op who. Aren't look at fa- aren't look favorably in terms of the coaching staff, but once they play on that play against another team or opposition preseason or whatever, they ball out and they build their stock. So I'm cool with that. Yeah, I mean, you know, my final word basically goes back to the NL East. I guess I'll take it. I was talking a lot about mm-hmm. the NL West in my last take, but with the Mets, they have a six and a half game lead over the Braves in the NL in the, in the NL East. So when uh-huh. you talk about how close the Phillies and how close the Padres are between those two, you know, uh-huh. um, and the Padres having the one up, you know, like we were talking about earlier, it's a neck and neck for that wild card. There's some cutthroat action between the Braves being up in there, the extra wild uh-huh. card spot. All that being said, you got six and a half games back in NL East. My my take is that if the Braves are going to make some action happen, they need to do it right now, and then not be losing like they did to the Mets this past weekend. Uh, they were getting their uh, they were getting their asses painted. You know, if the Mets were painters, <laughs> they were painting that ass on the on the Braves, and that's why I got to say that. So if you're talking all this big deal about the Mets, I got to give them their credit when it's due. I got to say, <laughs> awesome for the Mets. But when it comes to that, we do have one more thing that we have to acknowledge here. Very end of the inner out sports debate, and that is the vault of fame. Well, Kinso is a two time vault of fame inductee here on the inner out sports debate, joining this list right here at episode 31, which you can see him right here celebrating that he is in the vault of fame. My man is two here times. two times. Two, two times. times. Can we list. can we get acknowledge me? Roman Reigns, acknowledge me. <laughs> Let's just acknowledge you right here. Acknowledge me. There it is, my man. There's your moment. There's your two time. You are in the vaults of fame, guys. Here at the very end, don't forget you can check out the inner out sports debate weeklies currently on Mondays and Tuesdays on all Legacy Maker Sports Network platforms as well as Sertoba Media on the handles listed below in or out sports debate on Facebook as well as the Instagram page, TikTok at in or out underscore SD, Twitter at in or out underscore SD, and Twitch at the in or out sports debate. When it comes to the audio ones, you can check us out here on the Apple Podcast audio platform, Spotify, Amazon Prime, Google Podcast, Anchor.fm, and you can also download the episodes individually on iTunes. Back here for the Inner Out Sports Debate, episode 31 for my man, Mr. Walea Kenso, the urban sports scene. I'm Drew Willingham. We only have one last thing to do, and that is one badass outro. Guys, take care out there in these streets. Thank you for checking out episode 31. Don't forget, episode 32 and 33 are tomorrow. The Golden Boy, Greg Anthony, starting it off for Double Debate Tuesday. Episode 32, 12.30 p.m. Central, 1.30 p.m. Eastern. 
Cody Stewart joins tomorrow evening at 8.30 p.m. Eastern as well. To that badass outro, here we go.